Welcome. You are listening to the Better Together podcast with Callie and Rosario Picardo. We take on topics involving marriage, ministry, parenting, communication, relationships, and other subjects that our listeners want to hear more about. Welcome to another episode of the Better Together podcast. My name is Rosario Picardo, and I'm your co-host along with Callie Picardo. And today we are joined with a wonderful guest, a friend of ours named Dr. Dan Gildner. We had the privilege of working with Dan at United Theological Seminary. He was the dean of the chapel here and the director of contextual ministries when I came, Um, but then God called him back into the local church. So now he is the pastor of Grace United Methodist Church in Perrysburg, Ohio, right outside of Toledo. Um, And so Dan, welcome. Welcome to the Better Together podcast. Hey, thanks. It's so good to be with you guys today. Well, Dan, we, um, you know, have worked with you in the past and you're famous in many circles and an expert in the topic of rest and Sabbath and in a, a world that is busy nonstop and COVID hasn't slowed the world down. I think it's just increased our, um, our rhythms in, in, in negative ways. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm responding to more emails now than I did before. <laughs> yeah, it's so um, true. We we need a word on on Sabbath, and so um, I just want you to share from your heart today for our listeners. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, and I think you're right, Roz. I think um, initially, I remember when COVID hit. One of one of the friends from my church told me. He said, "This is just a gift that God is trying to slow us all down." But even he would tell you about 18 months later. He, he and all of us had trouble discerning um, what rhythm we're supposed to live at now because everything just felt so much more intense and everything seemed harder to do. So I do think this is a season for all of us to examine what kind of rhythm we are living in, what kind of rhythm God's inviting us into. And so this discussion on Sabbath, I think, is timely and just privileged to be a part of it with you guys. Dan, how do you get to this point of get it leaning into healthy rhythms and Sabbath. Like what brought that you to the caring about this personally? Like most of us, we only change when the pain of staying the same is uh, greater than the pain of changing. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it actually came through watching colleagues and one in particular who I was super close to um, experience some heartache in ministry because of a lack of boundaries and rhythms and their own brokenness and during that period of time, I started examining my own oh, things that I do in life and in ministry that are unhealthy. And I realized that if I'm not careful, I try to prove myself by what I do. And there's a long history of that. But one of the gifts that came out of that discernment time was I was living and working as if I was God. Hmm. And if I wasn't careful, I was going to do damage to myself, my family, um, my church. And I'm thankful I I didn't have to live through my own pain of that. I got to live, um, unfortunately, through someone else's 
um, you know, the, the pain really caught up with them. So, uh, I started exploring what does healthy work rest balance look like. And I did not want to stumble upon Sabbath, but it found me, um, through different mentors and experiences. Sabbath, this idea, this 10 command, one of the 10 commandments was kind of thrust at my door of one of the ways in which saints of the church were living in healthy rhythms and structures. So I didn't want to discover it because I had some experience growing up in a holiness tradition where to take a Sabbath meant a day where there was absolutely no fun. I mean, it was a day of don'ts, right? (laughs) Don't swim, don't ride your bike, don't play cards, don't um, don't do anything. Don't shop. Don't, I mean, and so as a kid, I had this sour taste of this is a day of gloom. (laughs) So when I started reading that, um, friends were practicing Sabbath as a means to really help them live healthy rhythms. I had to deconstruct a little bit about what I knew about Sabbath in order to claim the gift that God was putting in front of me. So it's been a 20, well, about an 18 year journey. I've been in full-time ministry for 21 years. And about year three is when I realized um, I better be careful or I'm going to unintentionally cause harm to myself, others, and or my work. Yeah, that's good. You said you learned what Sabbath was and what it isn't. Help us, help us. What is, what is Sabbath? Because, you know, in the in the Bible, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, yeah. they, they had limits on how far they could walk, on how far food would be prepared, everything. But what does a Sabbath look like for Christians today? Yeah, great question. I, a Sabbath is essentially a 24-hour period where you stop um, producing. You stop working and you rest. And there's different ways people appropriate that in the Christian tradition. Um, but in you know the Old Testament, in the scriptures, it was you know, they developed categories of things you can't do in order to protect you from that thing within all of us that wants to produce and consume and take more than we should. But I think over time in the Christian tradition, it became those things of don't do this, don't do that. So I think some of that is good, but I think you first want to start with what, what's the gift of this day. And so this is a day where I get to do joy. It's a day where I get to do rest. I, I nap. Um, it's a day where you get to do play. Um, what are things that bring you joy? I mean, God has created this, this world around us and created the relationships around us. How can I enjoy them on this day? It's a day to feast. Thank God. Um, not a day for fasting. It's a day for worship. It's a day to go slow. It's a day. I mean, if you were married, they encourage you to have sex, to celebrate that part of your marriage. For me, it's a day of just contentment. It's a day where I can just be and stop trying to do these other things. So I think Sabbath is a day to cease, but not necessarily a certain list of activities, but stop measuring. Um, Because for some people, what brings you joy is to go out and create something, like take a chainsaw and go knock down some trees. But when you start measuring how many you've knocked down, you've probably... Mm -hmm stepped into the the realm of work, right? It's a day to stop comparing. Realize this is the body God's given you and good, bad, or otherwise, um, just notice if you're in pain, pay attention to that. Do you need to sleep? Pay attention to that. 
Um, it's a day to stop consuming. Every other moment of our day, we not just consuming, like buying, purchasing things, but the amount of inputs, like Rao said, emails, um, text messages, advertisements, people needing your attention, you know, there are so many inputs for each of our lives. It's a day that you can stop consuming as a means to get a, a, a foothold on the world. It's a day to stop worshiping these false views of myself, which, you know, we were, we were joking a little bit beforehand about Enneagram types. We all have different ways in which we can be healthy and unhealthy. And so when we're unhealthy, we develop idols or coping mechanisms and that's a day to just stop worshiping those things and to just rest, be in the presence of God. God has set aside, um, you know, your entire life just to learn about what it means to be immersed in his love. On this day, you do everything you can not to let anything get in the way of you resting in his love. So Rouse and I have some three wonderful little things that sometimes get in the way of our rest. We have these little kids. <laughs> yes, you do. I do too. Yeah. And we love them, but it makes it a little hard to like, you know, we can't veg out on the couch all day. I mean, and you, we've talked about this before, Dan, but what are some of the things that can help for those that are in a season of life where they're trying to rest, but they maybe have little kids or other things that just make it where they can't just completely do what they want. Yeah. Uh, one, you know, Jesus said that we were not made for Sabbath. Mm -hmm. The Sabbath was made for us. Mm -hmm. So whenever it gets to a point where it, it's no longer a joy, you know, some, it, let's go back to the drawing board at that point. It's especially like that with young kids, or if you're caring for parents who have special needs, you know, it's, it can be difficult to find your own place of rest in that. So a couple just practical things. I too have three kids. They're now almost all teenagers, but we started when they were young, reminding them that Sabbath was different hmm. by starting with sugar cereal in the mornings. Yeah. <laughs> we wanted them to know this was a day of joy. And so um, they, they're learning. And, and we actually begin a Sabbath on the night before, which I'll tell you about that here in a little bit. But um, when when you can't cease doing things because of your station in life, um, I encourage you to do those things differently. Mm -hmm. So there's a book, I think, I uh, can't remember the author's name right now. It's on my shelf over there. I'll find it in a minute, but Sabbath in the suburbs mm -hmm. um, written by a, a mom and, and she coined the term, or at least the first I heard it Sabbath Lee. So when you've got things that you're not, in control of around you, whether they're kids or activities on this day, just covenant with God that you're going to do them differently. You're going to do them Sabbathly. So my kids still want dinner. And although they're at an age now where they can, they can probably whip up something themselves. They're not cooking you dinner. That would be nice. Yeah. No, no, no. They, they, they can. Sometimes they're really nice, but when I make, when you, I mean, some people enjoy cooking. Like you don't have to cut that out your list, but if that's not a joy for you and you have to cook, go slowly, don't be in a rush, or this is why people have crock pots or slow cookers, right? Cause put something in before, but even when you're with your kids, leave your phone in the other room. Um, I remember when my kids were really young, they had soccer on our Sabbath and we chose 
not to limit that because that was fun for them. And instead of taking our phone out to the soccer field to watch them, we left our phone in the car. We walked slowly to the side of the field and we refused to yell at them. And if you're a soccer parent, you know how hard that is. We just received the gift of this interruption in our day of rest, restfully, if you will, or Sabbathly. So let yourself off the hook. You're only in control of what you're in control of. And so when you have those things, just rest, um, do them differently. We leave the dishes in the sink on Sunday. That's, that's hard for some, if you're a type one, you're going to, you're going to struggle with it, but that's just, we've learned, we've tried and everyone's got to figure it out themselves, but be gracious with yourself. It's meant to be a gift. Do what you can in the way you can. Dan, I'm just curious, you know, we come at it from an aspect of faith and God calls us to be holistic and, and Sabbath is part of that, which you know, I would boil down to is simply trust. Do I trust God enough yeah, to that's take it. a break and that everything's going to get done? That's do, it. Do you know any people that really aren't, um, you know, devout followers or, you know, Christ followers that practice Sabbath? I'm just curious, like, do you, have you seen anybody like really put the emphasis on Hey, we need to rest. We need a Sabbath. We need to, you know, yeah. take a day off or, you know, really just chill. You know, the, obviously the Jewish world does. We, yeah. we learn a lot from that, but I, I haven't seen it called Sabbath. Um, uh-huh. I think good, bad, or otherwise, some more new age or spiritual movements have picked yeah. up on, on rhythms and rest. I, I've heard it called white space mm-hmm. um, in an organizational setting. Like they give their employees or encourage them to all take white space now because they've seen that they can actually be more creative if they have time when they're not forced to create. So um, I I haven't seen it apart from faith, Mm. except for terms like that, white space, rest. Mm. I think if you look at like European um, work-life balance rhythms, they seem to be a little less... um, worried about getting 40 to 60 hours a week um, than most Americans are. Yeah. So I don't know if they've learned that through pain too, but um, I think the world is waking up to there's something deep within us. Now I know we don't have a lot of time, but that's, I think where Genesis, the story of creation, that's one of the reasons the 10 commandments tells us to practice Sabbath is this is the rhythm of God. So there's a, a new podcast out, or at least new to me called Bima. I think I'm saying that right with Marty Solomon. And he just brilliant, brilliant guy. He talks about how Genesis one up to the beginning of two, it's, it begins with nothingness and it ends with God resting. So it's like nothingness and nothingness are the bookends And the Hebrew word in the, in the very middle of all of that is one of the words that's translated Sabbath. Hmm. He thinks the entire created order is, is telling humankind trust God's order. Look, even God rests on this day. You need to trust God. And and so, you know, when Israel got it wrong all throughout the Old Testament, it's because they didn't trust that God would provide. I mean, the first time he said, I'm going to provide um, enough food for you in the mornings, there were some that showed up the seventh day to wonder if God would have provided because they're just used to going to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think this is why it's a gift. We are so bent on our productivity 
Roz, you're right on. If I don't, if I don't work, what's going to happen? We've built cultures and systems around us always being available. And so Sabbath is a way to tap into that deeply ingrained thing that God put in us to stop, receive his love, receive his care, be ministered to by his spirit. And then you'll actually be present, be able to be present with all the stuff he's asked you to do every other moment. So, yeah. What do you, I mean, you've done a study, a clergy study with a group as part of your dissertation. What did you discover out of that study once these pastors started practicing Sabbath? Just to give our listeners, you know, seeing the benefits. Credibility too. Yeah. Yeah, None of these pastors had practiced Sabbath before. Most of them identified as type A um, people who are motivated for productivity. But for this period of time, they were willing to practice Sabbath 24 hours straight of no work and rest. And some of the results of it, I interviewed their, if they were married, their spouses, I interviewed lay people in their church. And then I did a self-evaluation. Every single one of them in this weird way, how God works in faith, even though they took this 24 hours off, they actually were seen as more productive. They developed more time with their friends and or loved ones. Their spouse felt their husband or wife was more attentive to their needs. And what was really interesting is the congregations across the board said their sermons were as good, if not better, than they Mm -hmm. were before. Wow. Um, And every one of them will tell you, though, it forced the other six days to be much more um, focused. Because you, you had to prepare and protect this day that you were going to give solely to the Lord and enjoying all that the Lord had given them. So, yeah, some immediate results, but they would also tell you it was painful. I mean, the, what, why we don't often practice Sabbath is the stuff that comes up in us when we're not working is sometimes hard to deal with because we've got our own patterns and systems of, you know, faulty behavior that has to get detangled by the gracious spirit of God. <laughs> so. Random side note, it makes me think of uh, Chick-fil-A, you know, they are one of the biggest fast food chains, but aren't open on Sundays and have still done incredibly well um, and have a different culture that's part of it. I mean, people go into Chick-fil-A and it's, how may I serve you? And there's this different ethos there that um, people are drawn to. Um, But you named kind of some of the hard stuff that comes up when um, we do stop. Um, I mean, if you, if someone listening is thinking, I want to do Sabbath, I don't really know how to start. Like what would be some of the, um, just some guidance you would share for people when to start. And then how how would you handle when that stuff does start coming up, knowing that that's good to be aware that it really might. Yeah. And I mean, just think, I think God is trying to speak to us. And so we, we have filtered out the voice of God unintentionally, usually because of our activity and busyness. So it takes a while. Like if you're driving a car really fast and slam on the brakes, like the back end of the car, it feels like the momentum takes a while to catch up to you still. It takes a while as you sit and don't work for all those things to surface. So I, I encourage anyone who's starting to begin with starting with 24 hours, as hard as that is, and start at night. Start at dinner or right after dinner, because it's pretty provocative to say, I'm going to start this day by going to bed. Mm. I'm just going to say, God, I trust you. 
I mean, if you look at the creation account, it doesn't say there was morning and then there was evening the first day. No, there was evening and then morning. Hmm. And so the day to start and say, I'm going to bed, God, you got this. Start there. And if you think of it, then you got at least nine hours of your Sabbath already done by the time you wake up. <laughs> but start with a rite of passage. Either start by turning off your phone or maybe journaling all the things you're worried about not doing um, or write your own prayer out of what you're, you're hoping for in this season. Um, some people in the Jewish tradition, you, you start it with a meal. I know people that start with a glass of wine to begin and end of their time, just to say, this day's different. I'm only going to do that on these, this 24 hour period. Um, but then, you know, find ways that, uh, that help you enjoy the day. So whatever that is, everyone's different. Um, if you work in the garden for joy, do it. Um, active rest, some are passive rest people. But when that stuff surfaces, pay attention to it. By I'd write it down and I would just offer it back to God. Say, God, I'm feeling this. What does this mean? And then notice the patterns. You won't notice these things the first couple of times, but um, go at least two months. And you'll start seeing some things happen in you in Sabbath that you don't even know of until you stop practicing Sabbath and you realize how exhausted you are. So some of the questions you have that come up early on, like all that stuff surfaces, it almost, they almost get answered the more you just sit and you realize, wow, this is why I was feeling that because I didn't know how I've been minimizing, you know, these other things. So give it, give it a couple months, be gentle with yourself, offer those things to God. He's not surprised at the things that are surfacing. They may just be invitations for him to heal. And what a gift that now you see it and you can offer it back to him and say, heal me, fix me, rework me, rewire me so I can serve you even more fully. I love that, that it's a way to really hear more God's voice more clearly. I think there are a lot of people that want to hear God's voice, but God doesn't answer in the 20 seconds they give God. And so they go on. And so to to have that still quiet time to be able to connect with the Lord that sounds like a much better opportunity for hearing God's voice. Yeah. Yeah. That's the hope, right? Our, my sheep know my voice. <laughs> it's If nothing else, it's one day I'm saying, God, I'm tuning everything else out as much as I can because I'm hungry. I have nothing to offer if the love of the father isn't saturating me. Mm-hmm. So, I, Amen. I know we're near in our time. This guy named Marty Solomon, he, his family wrote a mantra that they say a prayer, if you will. And it's, we rest, we play, no work. God loves us. We rest, we play, no work. God loves us. So, you know, experiment with it. God will, God will reveal himself to you. He's longing for um, just one-on-one time with you as well. So that's awesome. Awesome. Well, Dan, it's always enriching talking to you and We just want to encourage our listeners to share this, practice it, share it, and bless others. And remember, until next time, we are better together.